Welcome to Life on Mars, a podcast about technology, entrepreneurship, and innovation. You will listen to stories of the best founders, inventors, experts, and celebrities from all around the galaxy. Welcome to Life on Mars. This is going to be a very special event. First of all, it's the first one we record in 2021. Second, it's the only one so far in which we will only talk about ourselves. There will be only me. You know that normally there's somebody else that I interview. There might be a co-host. There might be two co-hosts or two interviewees, whatever. But there's always other people. However, we've been asked, we've been requested on social media, asking our friends, and everybody wants to learn more about us, how to run an agency, how to be an own remote company, how to bootstrap, how to sell to companies all over the world like we do. They want us, or you want us, to talk more about ourselves. And because we believe in transparency, which is one of our core values, we thought it would be a great idea to start and kick off the year, sharing a little bit more of what we do and how we do it. 2020 has been a challenging year. Challenging, not to say awkward or even weird, right? English is not our native language. So therefore, there might be some things a little bit off here and there. But I'll try my best to explain in full detail how we lift. This is a business and it's a group of people. Because above all, we're a group of people trying to work together. The year... You know, it's been challenging for everybody. And what I, what I will do here in this episode is talk for an hour about the entire year. I will break it down in the 12 months and going over the whole emotional roller coaster that we have lived at Mars Base, right? And it's, I, I don't know if I'll have time enough to, to sort of go deep into anything. We've got two, three episodes already line tab to talk about certain things that I will mention here. So if you want to learn about something specific, please shoot us an email, tweet at us at Marspace on Twitter, send me um, send me an email, alex at marspace.com, hola or hello at marspace.com, whatever. You can send us an email, drop us a line, asking for something more specific, and we might choose to record a podcast based on that, right? If you want to learn more about what, you know, the, the emotional management of the team or how we renegotiated the, ter- the terms of our contracts with our clients or whatever, whatever, something specific that you find in this, in this episode, I'll be happy to, to deliver in the subsequent episodes, right? So to give a little bit of context, we started off the year after having had a very, very good 2019. We had laid down the foundations of the strategy the client work and everything, all the projects that we had signed in 2019 that were supposed to happen during 2020. And we were prepared to scale the team up, right? It was a year of consolidation where we were 100% sure that we were going to be 100% occupied for the entire year. And we had a very good momentum. We had been selling projects. We had been delivering very good projects. We had started working for big consultancies like Everys through which we are working for Real Madrid or La Liga, the Football Profesional. That's the, the, the masculine football league in Spain that, you know, is one of the best leagues in the world. We're working on really huge projects for them. So all in all, 2020 was going to be a very good year for the company, right? Even though there were 
rumors and there were news about COVID and back then it was the coronavirus that was all in China or was spreading in, in Asia, we really didn't think it was going to be so big, right? And I, I, really, I really want to double down on this because I, I think we underestimated what was going on here, right? Even though we, you know, there had been previous pandemics in the, in, in the world, none of them, like Ebola some years ago, none of them had really the effect, the effect that this one has had in, in our country and all over the world, right? Uh, affecting all kinds of business and all kinds of people, going into lockdowns, going into like travel restrictions, whatnot, right? So, of course, when we planned the year in, in December 2019, this was still like a small thing, or it wasn't even it didn't even make the news here yet, right? So we we didn't plan taking this into consideration. Therefore, it was more like in end of January, beginning of February, that we said, like, holy fuck, this is going to be big. We need to change things and we'll need to revise our plan, right? But we wanted to be 100% transparent by uh, in saying that it's not, we didn't care, but we didn't think, or we just underestimated the, the, the whole effect, this worldwide effect that this pandemic would have, right? So we even started the year hiring a couple of people, right? We had a couple of hirings. Uh, one of them had been working for us as a contractor for a while, and we decided it was time for him to join the ranks of Marspace. And... And our plan was to grow the team further, three, four extra people, because uh, the contracts we had signed were big, they were long-term. We were keeping all our clients, like we rarely ever lose a client. All of our clients are on retainer. So projects don't end. We just keep working on different areas of the companies for them. Now we're very lucky to have engaged in this sort of model a few years ago, and we're still continuing, and we're extremely thankful our clients to to give us this this sort of trust in such a small company like like us. So we thought that you know it's going to be great year, come whatever may. I think we're, we we thought that we were prepared for everything, right? And we were. We had been spending a couple of years consolidating the workflows in the company, the technologies, the team, the documentation, pretty much everything that we that that we had in order to make our space a rock solid foundation and a very very solid company, right? And even though we're very small, I think we're prepared to face everything. But let's not anticipate the events, right? We're still talking about January. So January, as far as I remember, I'm just reading the notes because obviously I don't have all the all the information in my head. We started off hiring. We started off, you know, we even were planning because every year we do a, a company retreat. Then every two months we do the Martian days, which is a sort of company get together where we fly everybody in in Barcelona. We spend a couple of days together working because we're a hundred percent remote company. So that's our only occasion to meet the rest of the team, right? And it's especially good for the new hires, right? Because some of them, you know, I mean, if you're a new hire, you haven't met the rest of the team, so it's your first time meeting somebody. It sometimes it happens that we hire somebody, and he or she doesn't meet the entire team until two months later because there's, you know, we done we done meet, right? However, um, we had had the, the last, you know, the last meeting was the Christmas Day meeting and late December 2019. And it was a really good one. It was probably one of the best we've ever had. And we invited the freelancers for the first time. Uh, it, was, it was good. We're 20-something people. 
and uh, and we thought, wow, if we, we could have all of them like this, it's going to be a really fun year every time we meet, right? And also, in technology-wise, it was interesting because <clears throat> we have been working uh, using React for a while, but 2020 has proven to be our consolidation year for React, right? We have been working throughout the year for a couple of projects that we had signed. Prior to that, we had been working on on. on a few projects as well, but they were either not as big or not that amount of significance like the ones we've done this year. I'm going to go into this a little bit later, right? January was also interesting for technology because we developed our first desktop application, right? That's something that we had never done. And it's not that we don't want to go beyond our tech stack. That's something we do gladly for ongoing clients, clients that we know very well that we can share the risk with. And for this one, Saptails, we had already been working for four years for them, right? And we've done, we've done a lot of things for them. We've done Angular. We built on Ruby and Rails. We helped them with their mobile applications. At this time, they needed a nest, desktop app. And so, you know, we couldn't say no. It was, a, it was an interesting challenge. And um, I think it just marks a, some sort of a before after moment for the company because we had never developed a desktop app. So that's something that we're going to be talking about in future episodes. So let's not spend a lot of time talking about, about this. Um, you know, it was January looked well. The, 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 the summary for January and even February, if you will, it looked well. Um, we, as time went by and we went into February and so on, we started saying things, right? But all hell broke loose when March came, right? So in February, we still had even we still had a couple of start grind events organized in, in Barcelona. Then we saw the cancellation of Mobile World Congress, and the, then we said, then then it's when we realized that this was going to be big. Like you don't cancel Mobile World Congress for just anything, right? Um, luckily for us, we're a hundred percent remote company. We're small. We're agile, and we can take decisions pretty, pretty fast, right? So when we saw that this huge concern was growing, that there were travel restrictions, countries, entire countries were going into lockdown, and in Spain it was becoming an increasing concern, then that's when we took the right step, right? We decided to cancel all of our company meetings. One of them was going to happen at the end of February, beginning of March. We are going to have the first March day of the year, and we canceled that one. And it was hard because it was the first one for one of our developers, even though he had joined the Martian Day, uh, the, sorry, the Christmas meeting because he was a freelancer, right? But not as a full-time member of the company. And and more important than that, and as much as it pained us, it was it was really hard to say no to, a, to, an, to an event like this because they were really special. The problem is that we somehow we knew that this was bigger and it was not going to go away for, you know, for, for difficult to measure, for, but for some time, right? And we put our company retreat on hold. We usually go for three to five days every year to some destination. We spend, we work for a bit there as a company and then whoever wants to stay a little bit longer can stay over the weekend. And that's one of the main perks of working at Mars based. And, uh, I think it's one of my, probably my favorite week of the year, being able to spend some quality time with people in your team. It's fantastic. 
it goes without saying. We've done three so far. We did one in uh, in Tenerife, in the Canary Islands. We did one in Dublin, another one in Menorca last year. And this year, we were supposed to go to the beautiful region of Asturias in northern Spain, but we had to put it on hold. And pretty much that's what happens. Like the main summary of March, it is, wow, shit has hit the fun. And we don't know where this is headed to. We don't know how long it's going to last. But we can't plan. Like we need to cancel everything, stop planning, start improvising, start taking care of ourselves and of our clients and go into war mode, right? Because we don't know what's coming at you. Like it felt, for some weeks, it felt like we were part of a massive Tetris game in which, you know, lots of pieces are falling at you. You just need to put them here and there strategically, but you don't have enough time. Kind of like when you're more than halfway through the whole screen and you're dealing with things so rapidly that you can't even think clearly, right? So we canceled the marching day. We canceled the, um, the company retreat. We started talking on the, um, to the clients, to each and every client to see what kind of affection is it having on them. Also, uh, prior to that, I had been spending one week a month for the international expansion of our company to Madrid. And so that had to be canceled too. Like business travel was canceled, disappeared overnight, right? So I had to cancel that too. What else happened there? Like, obviously, we started reaching out to all of our employees saying, look, you know, luckily enough, we've always been pretty, pretty good at finance and we have enough cash. Like, you know, it's not like, I don't think we're going to lose of our clients overnight, but that, if that should happen, we have a plan, right? We have, we have money in the bank. We plan to use this money and uh, we have enough reserves to keep us going for a while, right? Um, we were prepared for pretty much everything. We did, we did, uh, we were planning pretty much every day. We started talking with, with, you know, with my co-founders to put this in a little bit more of order, I talk every week. We do have a weekly call but sometimes we skip it. So it's more likely that every two, three weeks we, we do speak. We organize a little bit the company. We talk strategy and we take decisions. But during that period, like March, April, we were talking almost every day. Almost every day was, there was something going on, right? Client-wise or like somebody in the team had, a, had an issue or like there was something we needed to take um, a look at or we needed to put out a fire or something, right? So it was not easy. We went into war mode. Luckily enough, we were used to working remotely, so, you know, the, it did affect us because we had to go into, you know, one thing is working remotely because you want, the other one is because you have to. And, and working remotely from the comf- comfort of being able to do it in whatever circumstances you want to work in, it's one thing. But working remotely when your spouse has been fired or is in the trenches working in a, in a hospital 12 to 16 hours a day, and you've got three babies to take care of at home, and you cannot see your parents, like somebody in your family has gotten the, the, the virus or whatever, it's really hard. We started seeing people in the company, including the founders, um, having issues with that. It was hard for everybody. So it was just a matter of empathy. We, we decided that, you know, most of all, we wanted to take care of our people. A business was important, but people are more important than business. That's one of our core rules at Mars Haste. And so we talked to everyone. We talked to our clients. We talked to the team members. We said, look, 
you know, we're going to get through this together, but we need to do it in our way. And our way is taking care of the people, right? We cannot have a team that you think if they cannot be mentally stable, if they're not in the best conditions, we will not be as productive as in normal circumstances. And just don't lie to yourself. Like your team won't either. So let's just be more empathic with each other and talk things more openly. And the good thing is with most of our clients, maybe with every one of our clients, we do have a relationship of friendship and understanding. So it was good. Throughout these, we only sort of lost one client, which is a client that we had already completed the development and we were going into maintenance. So the maintenance got postponed. That was not a big deal. It was, of course, it was a big project. We had three, four people working full-time that project. But luckily enough, we got other clients where we could just like put one here, one there. And, and we also got an extra, an extra client, right? Um, most of our, like, a lot of our clients were not affected. And the fact that we've got our clients distributed by country, sector, and company size, it gave us, it gave us some kind of, you know, lifeboat. Because the states were affected a little bit later than the rest of the the rest of the world, and we do have three, four clients there. We do have a couple in Spain, a couple in the UK, one in Germany, a couple in Germany actually. Um, so one in the Nordics it was pretty well distributed. Every country had different uh, restrictions, so on and so forth. So it was it was sort of easy to navigate in a way because we could just redistribute the people and. Always, you know, we never do it. We barely ever do it because normally we do have a fix, um, a fixed dedication with every client. Say we agree on 80 hours a week or 40 hours a week or 60 hours a week, something like that, right? However, in time, sometimes we lose a client because the company shuts down for whatever reason. Then we, we can always reach out to the client. So like, hey, who wants 10 extra hours per week? Who wants an extra developer in the project? And chances are the most of them, they will take them. There will be like, oh yeah, I could I could use an extra developer for a couple of months or for three months. So here and there, that's how we sort of solve this situation, right? It was mostly working with the current clients, and luckily they were not affected. And we also got an extra project. We got an extra an extra project coming from the the national the Catalan national um, healthcare system. I don't know what's the actual translation for that. Anyways, we're recording an episode about this in the, in the future, but we we were contacted on a Saturday afternoon um, by somebody asking us for a, or like an emergency project. Hey guys, can you develop this? We need this for Wednesday. Um, long story short, it's a platform to keep, uh, to track the orders of the products, uh, product orders that they were doing at the National Healthcare Service and tracking the shipments and uh, and all the buying quarters from the hospitals and healthcare um, entities in Catalonia, which was it was good. It felt good doing that project. We will talk about it in a in a dedicated podcast episode because it's it's too long and it was a great great learning experience. It was a bit of a crunch, but uh, but it was interesting. So with that and our current customers, we. We kept our cool, which was good because um, it was not easy. We saw a lot of companies going under. We saw a lot of companies uh, closing shop, a lot of companies losing their revenues overnight, having to fire people or temporarily or, or, or permanently. And that's 
that's just no good, right? You know, we couldn't expect this sort of black swan that we were going through. Luckily, we're and, and, and we like to knock on wood, but we're not affected by this, and it was a uh, it was good for the company. That's what keeps this this thing going, right? Um, it was. And the, the most important thing here was communication, account management with the clients and the one-on-ones with our team, right? That's something our CTO, Xavi does, and he's been fundamental in keeping the sanity of our developers, right? It's not easy. It's a huge task. And uh, that's what keeps the pack the team together. Um, I, I don't know if there's something more relevant than that. It's just like March felt like huge mess, like a huge mess that we had to deal with every day. So move... Uh, it was more like trying to trying to put out fires every day, but not. Luckily, they were not technological fires. They were more like organization staff, like I can, somebody kind of take care of the children, or they need to do like maybe they need to work less because they need to take care of the children. Somebody needed to work more because they wanted to earn a little bit more, just to compensate the fact that his significant one was not working. Things like that, right? So we accommodated pretty much every request the best we could. And I think that made us a better company, right? Um, interestingly enough, there's two more things I wanted to comment on uh, in March. It is that, first of all, we, of course, we stopped doing the offline events, right? As a company, we organized an event that's called Startup Grind, and we decided to move it online. And it was, it was really cool. It was a huge learning because right the first day that we were into lockdown, I said, you know what? Let's record something. Like, let's, let's, let's see if we can... Like, people were fucking desperate. Like, no one had a clue how to behave. Most people were forced to work from home overnight. And they had never done it. And they were not prepared. So I said, I, I called one of one of my good friends, at Hugo, which actually um, uh, you have heard on this podcast, um, telling him, like, hey, can we just record something? Can I interview you today to talk about remote? How to do remote? How to get it right? And say so like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Uh when do you want to do it? What day? So like, uh, how about in like tonight? That was 10 a.m. We recorded at 7 p.m. We had well over 300 people showing showing up for that online event, right? People needed more than more than answers. They needed company, right? We then after the initial success, because that event was, was a really, really good success, we said, okay, we did that in English. Let's do one in Spanish. And so Friday that week, uh, we had the, the very same event with Jordi, our our co-founder here at Marspace, our COO, and it was also a tremendous success. Like uh, I think we even had more people than in Sergio's event. So we we saw there was something there. We were the first movers in doing online events, so we decided to start doing two events per week. Why? Because it's online. Like it cost us nothing. We had no, nothing else to do. We we had the technology, we had Zoom, we had YouTube, we had, I don't know, Google Meet, maybe you, we used a couple of times. We had the start brand ticketing platform, we had our communications, and we had a contact. So I said, like, look, we're going to put out some interesting contact, uh, contest, for, uh, sorry, content for people so that they can learn and most of all, be accompanied for a while, for an hour or two, twice a week, right? It's not that hard. That's something we... We have to do, like, we have to keep people company. That was also, in part, we also did that because our sales pipeline in the company dried up, right? Uh, me being in charge of the sales in the company, I saw that 
And it's not like we were not, well, we, we were not receiving um, enough DILFO, right? Uh, normally, under normal circumstances, we get about like five to 10 potential companies to work for every week. And I kid you not, during March and April, probably we received one or two in two months, right? That was pretty brutal. Um, of course, we kept all of our clients that saved us, but otherwise, that's just no, no good, no good. By, by no one's standards, you can survive as an agency like that, right? And the worst of all is we didn't know how long this was going to go for. So for a couple months, yeah, six months, maybe a year, I don't know if we could survive that, like, especially if clients started to go down. So we didn't know. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty hard, right? So let's move on to April and May, right? Because they were sort of like this indecision, like March was brutal. It was a huge slap in the face. But like April and May, yeah, it was weird because, you know, and like March, April is when we celebrate the anniversary of Mars Space, right? That's when we usually have got this Martian day going around. We do an event. There's also the anniversary of Startup Ryan at the same time. So it's just, there are celebration months we couldn't celebrate. We couldn't celebrate this year because there was nothing to celebrate. People were fucking dying out there, right? And we we're trying to survive. We're just like, you know, our ship was not sinking, but a lot of ships were sinking, right? So it was it was hard to deal with the situation of not knowing whether shit was going to go and get worse or this was going to get over in a couple months. And that's it, right? So... People stopped hiring. Uh, companies stopped buying software or just paying for stuff. So either they stopped, they could stop buying our services or the products or services of our clients. So directly or indirectly, it was going to hit us someday, right? So that's why we built a plan in which, you know, Jordan, especially Jordi uh, from the financials and operations side, he built a really good plan. It's like all of these scenarios we've got, like if this happens, if we lose this client, if we lose this many clients, we, we can work on this, we can do this, we can, we've got this, these clients in the pipeline, whatever. But, you know, it was, it was, it was kind, kind of a mess, right? Here is where I want to really highlight the importance of having all your clients in retainer, right? If we had been working on fixed bit, I don't know if we would be here today. I mean, metaphorically speaking, right? I mean, we hope we'll be alive. But not maybe not as a company, because fixed-fit projects, they end. And it, I, like experience tells us that most of the fixed-fit projects we've done, and we don't do it very often, we do it seldom, we lose money. That's not a good way to, to sustain a company, right? So by having people on retainer, having companies in retainer, it kept the company afloat, and that's a huge learning, and this is not going away anytime soon. So if you're thinking about hiring us, look, there's no better demonstration to say that this is good, not only for us, but also for you as a client, to keep the relationship, the contract, in retainer, in time and materials, right? Also, it's been equally important to have savings in the bank. It gives peace of mind, like... We generate more than we burn every month, but when you see solid numbers in the bank, it gives you peace of mind. Like instead of having to plan, you you're not tied hand to mouth. You don't have to plan week for week, and we can say like, look, we can pay all the salaries for like what six months, eight months, something like that. Gives you peace of mind. 
Like you can plan better when you're not in desperation. So always try to save up some money because you never know when a situation like this is going to come up, right? You never know when you're going to lose a client. You never know when you are going to have to pay a fine or whatever, right? Or run into trouble. You never know. So keeping money in the bank is always good. Even more so if you're bootstrapped and you're a profitable business, you're in a better position. Um, they, you know, amidst this huge mess and all these problems and troubles, uh, there were some bits of light here and there. One of them, of course, was the anniversary of the company. The second one was our, you know, our longest running employee, David, which is our second hire, I believe. Um, he turned five into the company. And that's something we're celebrating in the company. That's something that we are actually working on because we have found that as a company, even though we are only about to turn seven years old, most of our employees in the next two years are going to turn five into the company, right? It's like they come here to say, we think long-term, they're stable, they like it, we got great conditions. So um, a lot of them are celebrating their Martian anniversary every year. Like we got a bunch that turn three this year, a lot of them are going to be turning five in the next year, year and a half. So, and that's something that really got us thinking about company, like uh, careers, right? So because as a small company that's barely, you know, 70 years old, you don't think that most people will be five, right? Uh, especially because in the tech industry is a huge employee turnover, right? And uh, there's no retention. There's a lot of rotation. And that seems to not affect us in a way. But anyways, um, I want to move out of the, of, the, of, of the whole mess of the pandemic, the worst, the worst moments, right? Because they were, they were harsh. But I think, I think I've talked enough about how to deal with this situation. And as I said, we're going to record a few episodes doubling down, going deeper into some of these, some of these topics. Um, let's talk about June, you know, um, moving over to June. June was, it was a bit of a, you know, some rays of light going into the darkness. We opened up after almost three months of lockdown, at least in Barcelona. And we started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, sales were just not picking up. But at least we sort of regained the mental stability, the sanity, because we could walk out. Like, for those of you who didn't know, Spain, there was a harsh, like a really strict lockdown. You were not allowed to leave your premises if it was not because you wanted to go to the ATM or to the, or to the doctor or to buy groceries. Everything else, you had to be at home. Like, you couldn't even go out to have a walk or do some sport. So it was pretty brutal. So June was when it all loosened up a little bit. Restrictions were lifted temporarily. And we started seeing more stability. Instead of having to talk every day with my two co-founders, we started talking every week, every few days, right? Um, we had come from two months of not losing any clients, save for the Real Madrid one that I have already mentioned. So we start seeing some trends it's like, well, it doesn't seem like we're actually losing clients. Some of them, they were growing because they were making more money. Um, I'm thinking of retail e-commerce, especially whereby they, they sort of regained the clients they might have lost in the first weeks, but they gained the extra ones, those who, who had never bought digitally or online. And they started doing because of the pandemic, because they had no other option, right? So some of our clients actually grew. 
and they started requesting some extra projects. So we have this project extension here and there, extra like side projects, small ideas that we needed to develop for them. So that was good for sales. Like we're not selling to new clients, but we're getting new requests by our current customers. Like, and June was pretty, pretty, pretty special for us because we launched our podcast. After doing these two events per week of Sarah Brain, we realized that, well, first of all, I was we went we went into something like really different that startup brand is right that startup brand as i perceive it as i as i have always understood it it's more like a monthly event where we do our gathering with this networking we listen to the story of a founder and sort of the whole event um revolves around founder stories right but we were going to like really something really specific some of the events were um you know how to talk to investors and or how to deal with crisis here or or um, just how to how to cut some expenses for your company. They were more workshop oriented, more like themed and more like revolving around something specific. And so like this looks more like a podcast. And actually that's credits to him. That's the idea belongs to Xavi, our CTO and co-founder. Is that like, dude, we should launch a podcast. Like I hadn't thought of this idea years ago, but it was just a crazy idea, but Chavi was kind of like the, the one that ignited the fire. And also because coming from the community, I got several times something along the lines of, you guys have been like our radio. You know, when you're alone, you turn on the radio. And that's one of the best things the radio can, can do for you. It keeps you company. And we kept company to most of the entrepreneurs in our community. There were... A lot of them, they were showing up to every goddamn event we're putting out twice per week. They were always there consistently. Probably they were living alone. Or maybe they're, they're feeling the loneliness of being an entrepreneur. Or maybe the loneliness of living in Barcelona as an expat, right? So it was, it was sort of the, a combination of things that led us to launch our podcast. So these podcasts you're listening to right now, we're in episodes about like 19 or 20 more or less. Um, we launched in June. Since then, it's been growing consistently. Uh, so really thankful for that. We're really thankful for everybody who's shared their time and their wisdom with us and for all of our listeners, uh, of course, because we like no listeners, no podcast. Um, so June was a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and we sort of went into July and August, which were two months of organization. Basically, since June was sort brought some sort of stability, July and August were the confirmation that, you know, it's sort of low season. It, it always is during um, during summer. Um, not that we don't work. We always work and during summer. But in uh, this time, it was great because we could work more. Like, there were no sales. Like, developers were always busy. They were always busy. Like, I don't think we've been, we've had people, unoccupied people, as developers, maybe like one week or two per developer throughout the entire year, which was good in a way. Um, but the founding team, the, the leadership team, we had more time in our hands because situation stabilized in June, but we were not selling. A big, big part of what we do as founders is to sell, right? We create the proposals, we do the sales processes, like we control the pipeline, um, we, we do estimates and we negotiate and here and there, right? We think of new strategies all the time. We had a lot of time in our hands because we're just not selling. And so we decided to invest our time in improving the company further. Like even 
even though that's something that we do every year, every year we improve stuff in the company, right? This process here can be optimized. We can spend more on this. We shouldn't spend that much on that. Uh, well, how about do we outsource this part of the business? So we had two months of cleaning up. We did a huge cleanup, not because of finance, like we were financially, we were safe and sound, but we sort of took another approach about certain things and we reorganized, we restructured a couple of areas in the company. Mostly we just stepped up our game in hiring and in sales. We said like, you know, we're not going to sell now. We're not going to hire now, but we want to be prepared for when this is over. And we think this might be over in September. And if it's not, at least we will have started in September. We're going to keep stepping up our game. We're going to keep turning the wheels. And if this is over by February, then so be it. We'll have been working for five months like this. We'll have been um, improving all of these processes. And we probably are in a better position than those who don't do anything and just start working on the changes where the situation improves, right? So we took advantage of the downtime in in July and August, basically, you know, we sort of, we implemented Jira and, and the company for project management. Most of our clients use it. So it made sense that we, as a bigger team now, we adopted it. We not, we're going to go into this in a separate podcast, but basically we had tested it years back, but it was sort of over-engineering for such a small company as a company of 20 plus people. Now it makes sense, even more so if most of our clients use it. So it's more integrated in our workflows. That was a huge change. We're also using it not only for projects, but also for internal things like hiring, right? So right now when somebody applies uh, for a position at the company, there's a type form based on the type form, there's an integration, goes straight into our Jira where we have our, you know, our cart view, kind of like Trello. And then we write all of our notes there when they go through the different kinds of the, of the process and the, and the interviews and whatnot, we can we, we used to sort of keep everything in order, right? As for sales, we also did some improvements. We worked more on the proposals. We we decided to you know, like the, to rework the kind of meetings we've got with potential customers and who's going to take them, what documentation we need to prepare for which phase, and and whatnot. And we had at the end of it, at the end of August, beginning of September, we had a really like a live changing meeting, uh, like our quarterly meeting we've got with with um, the three founders of Marspace, right? Um, Jordi, Xavi, and I, we always meet through every three months to sort of plan the, the quarter ahead or if it's the end of the year, obviously to review the year and plan the year ahead. Um, but that one in September was, I remember it as probably the best meeting we've ever had, right? I'm extremely thankful for having the two best co-founders I could ever dream of. They're really great. And one of the one of the reasons I'm saying that is because as time goes by, we argue less and less. Like we literally haven't argued for three years. Probably since the very first year, there was like some few things here and there, but our arguments are like never big. So, you know, there's never been a shout or like big words or insults or whatever, right? So, but in this one, this particular meeting, because we had a lot of time in our hands, we, we, sort of prepare it really, really well. That meeting was really good. And that's when we came up with a new mentality. Like, you know, let's fucking kick this virus in the butt. And let's let's just continue playing our game. Let's help others. Let's leave people as we climb. 
And let's step our game in sales and hiring. Let's keep the wheels turning, do the best thing we can, stick to our principles, keep our people safe and talk to our clients, help everybody we can. And we're going to get through this. Like there was no two ways around it. We, we were determined to get through this. And that's what we did. We decided to be this way and it's being this way. I don't know if that's the right way to do it <laughs> or to say it. But uh, we decided that we were going to get through this. Um, and September, October, still, even, even though usually sales peak up after that, I didn't, uh, like, no. I started seeing something. We started talking to a few companies. Um, but I was just not getting the feeling. Like, I think most companies, they were just asking in order to sort of have a, like testing the waters with our providers alive, are they not? Have they raised the prices? Have they lowered the prices? What's going on, right? But they were not ready to sign any kind of contract whatsoever, right? Um, um, the only distraction, we had a bit like a small distraction around, you know, August, September is that we had started working with a freelancer. It didn't quite work out. He, he, Quit after a couple of weeks or something like that. It was a bit of a mess. But, you know, we were, we're always transparent in these kind of situations. We dealt with it the best way we could. Talked to our clients saying like, hey, you know, even though this guy seems committed, uh, you know, just left. And we're going to compensate because that's what we do. Uh, we're, we always uh, strive for excellence in the delivery and they understood. But because we had been keeping all of this communication and these uh, this upfront and own honest uh, communication, not only throughout the pandemic, I think it's something that we do really well at Marspace, but especially we doubled down during the pandemic, nothing happened. Like they, they were like extremely understanding. They had a lot of issues in their companies as well. So, so that was a mi minor issue, but you know, these things happen. So don't blame it always on the providers. Like, Oh, you know, I start, I started working with a provider and the guy in the project left. It's like, well, you're also losing people in your team, right? So uh, it happens to everybody. Um, but I, I don't know. At least it was. At least it was. It was just a freelancer that was collaborating for us for, a, for like punctual, like a really specific project. But that's something that might happen. Like at least we're extremely thankful that we haven't lost. Like nobody has walked out of the door um, for the last three years and a half. The last employee to quit Mars based, a full time employee, did so in September 2017. That's well over three years ago. Uh, we are extremely proud of that. If you work at Marspace right now, you're listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, um, you know, this, this is how we build a long-term relationship with our clients. And you're the foundation of everything we do. Well, anyways, um, moving, you know, September, October, as I was saying, we had this, started talking to clients. Um, but we were still working on the operations side. And, we implemented some cool things for, for the company. We started thinking about more like long-term, right? One of the things that we wanted to promote a healthier lifestyle because, you know, the sedentarism of the developers is pretty well-known, but it's not healthy. And so we created a Strava club and, and the company in order to, because we, we got two people who like basically run Ironmans and shit like that, right? The rest of us, we sort of exercise. Some of us, we exercise, some don't, but at least we wanted to, do more stuff around that. And we started thinking about giving the employees more perks for the, for the upcoming year, right? And so we wanted to double down on this kind of situation. And but then November happened. So 
you know, bear with me. We just think of it. The last contract that we had signed was January. In January, you had signed a couple contracts. Um, one of them big, one of them small. but And then we had this thing in March, which turned out to be a pretty big contract, right? Um, well, mid-sized contract, I would say. But that one was sort of an emergency. We don't count it. It came from, you know, it was very specific circumstances that that one doesn't count. So all in all, we had been 10 months without selling. And I started getting anxiety. Um, I opened up about this with the team, but not publicly. But I'm just not used to not selling. It sounds arrogant. It, it's not. Like, I'm a developer. I've never done this job before I started the company. I never, I never worked in sales. But since early on in Mars Base, we have always been selling. Every two, three months, we've sold a project, right? Um, however small or big it was, every two, three months, I was signing a contract. Um, there's never been a longer period, but like for 10 months and a fucking pandemic going on, I don't know, man. I like, I didn't feel comfortable. I don't think, I don't think I was prepared to accept that. There might have been other things because we were stable. We had a lot of money in the bank. We're profitable. Our clients were still keeping us. We started talking to some really big companies um, and still I got this anxiety, not really strong, but I had to I had to open up and I had to tell the teams like dude I'm just I'm I'm feeling down like I'm not sell- like we're not selling it might be because of me it might be because something I've done wrong right so I opened up um a lot of people helped so thank you for that it was it was hard but I learned the lesson of like leadership sometimes is showing your fragility right and so being vulnerable is part of the game so you must accept it you must embrace it and that's you know that was a life-changing moment for, for me as a CEO and for, as a founder of company, first-time entrepreneur. Of course, I don't come with the learned experiences from other companies. So, so if something, something like this helps, I'm more than happy to discuss it with whomever wants. Maybe, well, maybe we'll record a podcast about this with, with other people. But yeah, November, we started talking to companies. And lo and behold, we signed contracts. We actually signed three contracts, which is the, the amount of contracts we sign in a year, usually. I mean, you know, every two, three months we sign one. So uh, we signed two of the biggest contracts in the company. And we started talking also to HP, for which we have been accepted right now in the vendor pool. Um, we should be starting sometime soon, right, with them. Um, it, was, it was weird. I mean, after 10 months of not selling anything, boom, all of a sudden we signed three contracts. We... we we um, sort of recuperated a couple of old clients. That's uh, good. A couple of them, like, you know, a couple of years without working for them for whatever reason. Um, let's see, we got time. Yeah, we got time. We can, we can talk about the projects. So uh, basically, we, we got a new client uh, thanks to a referral. Thank you, Sergio, if you're listening to this, um, which is basically to rebuild the whole InfoJobs um, Poland portal, which is a fucking huge project. And it's going to take us for like about a year. Um, but it's technically, technically, technically very challenging. It's so challenging, I cannot even speak right now. So uh, it was, you know, it came as a surprise. Negotiation was not hard. Um, it was not, it was, you know, it was long, but not extremely long. And they were really understanding. They, they knew, most of all, they knew what they wanted. And we could tell they really 
wanted to find somebody because it was painful for them, right? So really happy that we signed this one. This is an extremely challenging project. That's a, I think it's the fourth biggest portal for job seeking in Poland, which is pretty big. Um, so And it's been going on for like, what, 15 years, something like that. So uh, there's a huge migration we need to do there. Uh, second, we started working again for Apart and Go, uh, which is a company that we, we had worked between 2015 and 2018. So we have been, um, 2018, I think they decided to sort of internalize all development, but they are maxed out right now and they needed some extra push in the marketing department and they needed some extra websites in Angular. It's great for them. We've done all sorts of projects, basically working on Angular. We developed their mobile apps. So if you want to see what we do in mobile, their mobile apps are ours, right? So probably the only ones that are uh, public in the market because usually when we do mobile, it's more like internal tools, but these ones are available um, in the App Store and the Android Store. And, and uh, it's great um, to, to recover a client um, after a couple of years, good, because you know you know each other and we've always had a great relationship, always had like good projects going on. So extremely thankful for that. And the third one is even more special because it's one of our very, very first clients from Finland. It's Rundit. We met them in 2014 and I think that was like the early origins of the mother company. That was not even the company they are right now. We developed a couple of companies for these Finnish guys, which eventually one of them spun off and created this, this new investment platform that's called Rundit. Basically, they turned into a, the, it's a, an investor reporting platform. So if you're a startup and you want to report to your investors to do through Rundit, and they help you present your metrics in like a really good dashboard and like an understandable metrics and KPIs and a very visual way. It's really good. And obviously, they're also helping startups to get more investment. It works two ways. And, and the reason why we start, like we were working for them between 2014 and 2017 or 16, I think. It was only a couple, couple of years, three years. But we will do Ruby on Rails. There were not enough Ruby on Rails developers in Finland. They decided to move over to Node.js. And back then, we didn't do Node.js because we started offering Node.js publicly a couple years back, 2018, I guess. Even though 17, we had already done something. However, after a couple of years talking and kind of like not finding the right, um, the right match for timings and, and capacity and whatever, we sort of made an agreement right now and extremely happy to be working for these guys. They're literally some of the best clients we've ever had. Um, great guys, check them out, rundit.com. R-U-N-D-I-T.com. Uh, great people. And we're looking forward to helping them with Node.js this time. So we're actually working on the platform that they replaced our platform with. So it feels like, feels weird, but I think it's going to be a very fun project. Um, we signed these three projects. We got another one that's sort of still in the making um, because of some investment issues they had because of the pandemic. So if that comes through as well, it's going to be a fucking great year. Um, however, you know, what a, what a change. What a, like, over, like, it was not overnight. We had been working our asses off between, you know, March and November in order to get these things to happen. But they came all at the same time. So, and if that was not enough, we were releasing one of the redesigns, one of the most ambitious redesigns we've done for our longest client so far. Um, nice the Basque, main Basque media publications um, platform. We have been working on this redesign for like a year and a half, if not two years. 
the design is not ours. We did all the implementation, the front end. We do all the back end for them. Um, so, and that was a really big and ambitious project with lots of nuances and technicalities here. Uh, we're going to record an episode with this. It's going to be in Spanish, though. Um, but if you definitely, if you understand Spanish, that's going to be one of our most interesting episodes because we're going to go through a lot of stuff here. And But anyways, um, that was really big. And after a year and a half working on this, on top of having to start this new project and having to deal with the, new, the existing ones, November was pretty intense. So one of the, I, in November, we took one of the hardest decisions we had to take uh, was, you know, besides the start brand events that we organize every month, every year we organize a bigger, comp, a bigger conference that is a, a summit for technological companies. Also in the scope of Startup Nine, it's called Startup Nine Tech Conference. It happens in Barcelona. I've done three editions, about 800 people. We were going for a double, um, a double conference this year, two days, 1,000 people, things like that, growing a little bit bigger because we've had very successful first three editions. We decided to cancel it. We had postponed it for a year, but the situation with the pandemic and everything, all these projects, and we decided that we're not in a position to sort of work on this. We, we didn't have the certainty that we would be able to host it, right? Working on a conference means, means six months prior to the conference, you need to have a lot of things lined up. Speakers, sponsors, ticket sales, strategy, website, marketing, whatever, and then sort of have six months to figure stuff out, sell tickets, and, you know, rearrange things here and there. But... You know, it was November. We didn't even know, like, Mobile World Congress had been pushed from February 2021 to July 2021, or June 2021. I don't remember. Like, definitely summer. They said, if Mobile World Congress gets pushed to that, there's no fucking way in hell that we're going to host a conference before that one. So, you know, huge, huge disappointment. It was hard. It was a hard decision. But we decided that this was the best for the company and for the conference and for our community. So we, you know, paid back our sponsors. We communicated this to everybody, team and speakers and collaborators and partners and other stakeholders. Everybody understood. We also do this in our free time. So, you know, thank you for all the volunteering, for all the help we've received so far. But we couldn't jeopardize, you know, the reputation of the conference and people's efforts with this amount of uncertainty. And last, we got the last 10 minutes, like last five minutes. Damn it. We got December. And, you know, November had been a really good year, a uh, really good month. Um, December, it was sort of strange. It was a really good month for a lot of things. But we it dawned on us that we had been a year without seeing each other in the team. We haven't seen anybody in the company or at least as a company as a whole, for a year. Like maybe some people working in the same city. I've seen my co-founders, for instance, right? Maybe some people in the same city, they met, and I think like in summer, one of them traveled and whatever. But as a company, the last time we officially met was Christmas 2019. So it had been a year. That was hard. And there were other things going on. Lockdown, like second wave hit. So it was bad for some things. For some things, it was it was good, right? Most of all, we learned that there's a certain, I don't know how you say that in English, but like 
you know, there's this grinding of going month after month, like running a, a no remote company. It has got its benefits. It has got also its drawbacks, right? And one of them saying that it's really hard to see if people are struggling. It's really hard people to see if people are suffering because you don't see them. If they want them, they don't want you to see them. They just shut off the camera. They just don't show up in Slack. They just talk less and that's it, right? So that's why we double down on our efforts of keeping people motivated because there's this, you know, there's this grinding, there's this certain like uh, erosion, that's the word. There's this erosion of uh, having to deal with all this shit constantly and struggles and family issues and the pandemic and the lockdowns and mental sanity and insanity, right? So that's why we decided to double down on team, on group dynamics, on like socializing more online. That is, that's it. However, you know, on the... On the, on, the, on the bright side of things, and that's something that we need to celebrate, we reached 1.5 million in, in revenues, which is not the most important thing in the world, but it's especially remarkable that in a year like this, we were able to make it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, it's just like, we don't want to brag about it, but we just want to inspire people. We just want to let them know that this is possible. Like, we made it. Maybe... It's because we've got this recipe. Maybe it's because we've got these values. Maybe it's because we've got this amazing team or these amazing customers, right? Whatever it is, we made it. And we think that, you know, we cannot celebrate a lot of stuff. Let us celebrate this one at least. And that's because if we did it this year, we're going to do it again next year. And we're going to come out of this stronger. And this is the foundation for bigger and better things to come. So that's the message. Right. This is what's going to keep us afloat. This is what's going to keep us standing. It's been one hour that I've been going over this. Right. So don't let me talk anymore. I'm just going to stop it here. Thank you if you're part of this entrepreneurial adventure that we've got here on Mars Days. And if you're not part of it yet, if you're not yet our customer, our partner, our employee, freelancer, or just a friend of the house, let us know how we can help. We like to meet people all the time. If you're looking for a job, we're hiring. If you're looking for projects, we definitely outsource a lot of stuff. Um, so you might want to work for us as a freelancer. We might be expanding our team next year. And also our clients are hiring. So um, just reach out generally. That's something that we like to do in Marspace. We like to do it at StartBrand. It's one of our core values, help people, build community. Let us know how we can help you. And until then, thank you very much. And let's hope that 2021, let's not hope. I know, I know for a fact, 2021 is going to be better than 2020. So that's it from my end. And I don't know, I'm just not used to sort of closing this sort of podcast. It's the first time I recorded just in one go. So you had it real organic and the way we like to do it like rocking hard until the next episode see ya we are mars based an all remote consultancy from barcelona specializing in web and mobile development we help all kinds of companies from startups to big corporations to conceptualize design and develop solutions for their business using technology and now how can we help you